We are going to be in the Gospel of Luke today. Something new for everyone. The Gospel of Luke today. Chapter 18. We're going to look at another parable of Jesus. A parable, a story that is told. A story that is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, some people say. It is when Jesus tries to illustrate. Jesus tries to connect. Jesus tries to bring a kingdom point into a way people can understand. He brings heaven into farming, right? He brings heaven into seeds and mountains. And he, he teaches us in a way that we can understand. And he has really uh, uh, said some, some weird things and had some weird antagonists and protagonists. And this story, not very often preached on, is uh, that same way, right? It's the same way. Hallelujah, young child. I, I, I hear thee and I bless thee, all right? Um, so here we go. Uh, chapter 18, verse 1. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should... Always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. Okay, we're going to come back and look at this judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. There was a widow in that town. There she is. There was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what this unjust says. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on this earth? Church, I tell you, they will get justice quickly. Better word here, swiftly. When he does come, will he find faith? on this earth and he passed in front of Moses proclaimed oh no 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 that's not it that's later that's an illustration for later all right this is going on with the scripture there all right so let's back up eight verses today that's all we're going to do all right that's all we're going to do so Jesus is telling a parable he's got a story going on and and we need to start leaning in guys I don't know if you know this but uh there's 22 23 parables in the gospel of Luke Luke is known as as the gospel of parables all right we're almost done with the parables, all right? This is something like number 21. So there's only a couple of parables actually left in the scripture, and then we're actually gonna start making our way toward Jerusalem. He's already actually beginning the process of moving toward Jerusalem, toward uh, the Via Dolorosa, his death, and his resurrection. So as we lean in here to the last few stories Jesus tells, you need to kind of turn your ear. What's up? What are you trying to say? What do you want to leave me with, all right? It's not that the words of Jesus are better or worse than any others at the beginning or at the end, but there are times in our life when we realize what we want to say is, oh, I've only got a few sentences left. Let me choose wisely. I think it's, I think it's honorable. I think it's wise. I think it's smart for us to kind of lean into that, okay? Which is why I'm kind of surprised that this parable isn't preached or isn't as well known as you would think it would be. 
So we get our first character here, all right? In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought, all right? I was listening to a, 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 a British guy, all right? A, a British dude, and, and he said uh, a line from Harry Potter when he was talking about this guy. He said, well, he was a right old git, you know? He didn't, he, this guy is not liked, all right? He is not a good judge. He is not a good person. He is the opposite of that, all right? He is not a good bloke, as they would say, all right? First of all, all right, back in Bible days, if you were chosen, if you were called to be a judge among the people, fearing God was of the utmost because you understood that God was the most righteous, the most holy, the most powerful, the most wise judge. And his representation on earth through you needed to be impeccable. So fear of the Lord was wisdom for the judge straight out of scriptures, right? So to proclaim that you had no belief, no faith, no understanding, no fear of God meant you were terrible at your job to begin with. Not only that, but a person assigned to bring justice to the weak, to the weary, to those who had been wronged, okay, means that you have some caring and compassion toward mankind themselves. You need to see them find justice. This man didn't care what anybody thought, what anybody did, what anybody was. He had no compassion for people and no fear for God. He is set up as the exact opposite of what a judge ought to be, right? Yet, he has some authority. Then we get our next character. And there was a widow, okay? When Jesus says, if you're going to care for people, he picks out two sets of people in the scripture. What are they? If you're really going to show me you love me, you're going to care for the whom? Widows and the orphans. And we've talked about this in the past. Why did Jesus point out widows and orphans? Because in the family and the societal structure, they are left with no one, okay? They are left with no one. The husband was the breadwinning caretaker, provider, and protector of the family. And the parents are the protectors of the children, right? So an orphan, his income, his protection has been removed. A widow, her income, her protection has been removed. Back in the Old Testament, they had what was called the kinsman redeemer, all right, which is an incredible example of who God is that was supposed to swoop in and, and bring you into the family and care for you. But if you were a widow or an orphan, you were the unprotected, you were the abused, you were the pushed aside, you were the ones that life left out, right? So he has the opposite, a very wealthy, powerful man who was nothing like he should have been and did not take his position seriously, and a widow, okay? This widow didn't have any money, she didn't have any time, she didn't have any authority, she didn't have any power, but what she did have was persistence, all right? So she would go into this judge and say, you need to give me justice against my adversary. She'd have to listen to her. He'd have to listen to her. You need to give me justice. Then she'd leave. Guess what she knew the next day? You need to give me justice. She's knocking on the courtroom of the door. She's walking in in the middle of court cases. She's interrupting him when he's giving justice to somebody else, all right? And I want you to see what happens here. The guy doesn't get good. You can do good things and not be good. 
You can do smart things and not be smart. I used a phrase a few weeks ago, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. A broken clock is right twice a day. It can happen. But this guy finally says, you know what? I don't care about her adversary. I don't care about her. I don't care about people at all. Don't fear God. He even says, I don't fear God and I don't fear people, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, all right? Just because she keeps bothering me, I'm going to see that she gets what you want. You know what he does? He chooses selfishness. You make me miserable. I'm going to remove the miserable. I am going to get you out of my hair. To get you out of my hair, I'm going to give you what you want, right? She kept on persistently, courageously going to the one who could bring her justice. She persistently and courageously kept calling upon the one who could bring her justice. She persistently and... Can I ask a question? I, 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 with all of the super Christians in the room, I don't know if anybody's going to fall into these categories. But I'm wondering if there's anybody who has just felt like throwing their hands up and saying, I, I can't do this forgiveness thing. I can't do this love thing. I can't do this obedient Jesus life thing. I've been praying for a relationship for years. I've been praying for my child to be obedient for years. I've been praying for my kid to come to Jesus for years. I have gone before the Lord. I have gone into my war room. I have gotten on my knees and I have begged God not for things that are out of the ordinary, not for a new Mercedes, not for uh, 17 children, not for win the lottery. I've gone to him and said, God, give me a wife. God, give me a husband. God, heal my child. And I'm tired and I want to give up. Anybody? Bueller? No one. The world's hard. Marriage is hard. Not with you. I told you the first day. <laughs> I did. I said it up front. This is what you get. And then I brought her to you guys. Oh. It's hard. It's hard to lose relationships. It's hard to watch babies get sick. It's hard when people you love die. It's hard when the only thing your son wants is not to be diabetic. It's hard when you watch people for, what is this, August 5th? One month. One month away for nine years. I will. I've been here nine years. And it's hard to watch some of you guys get so far do so well, and then spiritually face plan out of your own choosing. And I just want to shake you. 
You're hard to watch. A church, I'm telling you, you're, at times you're like a bunch of middle schoolers. How's that for love? You're welcome. But I do love you, and you know it. And you put up with me, and I know it. But let's be real. Let's be real. Getting this Jesus thing doesn't eliminate the mountains in our life, does it? Getting this Jesus thing doesn't mean we prance through the fields and the daisies and the roses holding hands and swinging each other around and every morning we wake up to sunshine and all of the money we ever need and all of the relationships we ever need will just attach to our fingertips and glitter and gold is everywhere because it's not like that. And guess what? Sometimes you want to give up. Jesus is never surprised. God is never unaware. There is not an emotion that you can comprehend that Jesus did not endure. His best friend had his head cut off by a guy who handed it to his wife's daughter. The guys who love and adore him abandoned him when they led him away. He stayed up late and got up early. He was in the raging sea. He was scourged. He was beaten. He was made fun of. He was bullied. He was tried. He was innocent. He was found guilty. He was murdered. You know what this you know what Jesus is trying to say? It's fantastically simple. It's fantastically simple today. He's trying to say, I'm right here. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, even when it doesn't seem like it, even when I don't get my political way, even when my church sings songs I don't like, even when my pastor's a weirdo, even when I get sick, even when I don't get what I ask for. Fine, Craig, he's working. I get it. I don't, I don't believe for a minute that you don't get it. I'm running the race with you. And what I do believe is that we stub our toes. What I do believe is that we get tired. What I do believe is that we feel alone. What I do believe is that the emotions of this world and of the news and of social media and of losing friends and of gaining friends and of all the things of this world that weren't meant for us, that weren't meant for us. God didn't make them that way. Sin broke it. And we're all a part of it. But God says, I know. That's why I came and walked with 
you. And all I'm asking of you is don't believe it with your mind. Believe it with all that you are. My question is, when I come back, will you still be praying? That's the question. When I come back, will you still be praying? Will you be knocking on that door going, bring me justice. Bring me justice. Bring me justice. And if you don't get it, will you still be? That, that's it. That is absolutely it. And in order to do it, you don't focus on a, on a judge who is not caring for people and not, not caring for God. You focus on who he is. Listen, as he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, a compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin, does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children and the children's children to the third and to the fourth and beyond generations. He is a righteous God. He is also a perfectly righteous judge. Do not forget the nature of God. You are not crying out to someone who simply wants you out of his hair. You are crying out to someone who only wants you there. Three things that this parable teaches. When we call upon the judge like she called upon the judge, that's called prayer. Tell me what it is you want. Lay before me your questions. Lay before me your concerns. Lay before me your hopes and your dreams. Lay before me your hopelessness, all right? I've told you this time and time again. I get so frustrated when people get in my office, get on the phone, get with me, and they're like, I'm just so angry. I know I'm not supposed to say God did or God said or God was, but I'm upset. I'm struggling. I'm mad at God. And sometimes it depends on my relationship with them, but sometimes I laugh and I laugh a little bit hard, not at them. Listen to me. <laughs> okay. What do you mean? Okay. You're a preacher. Okay. You are ticked off at God. No, I'm more than ticked. And I just can't use the words. I'm not allowed. Good. Did you tell him? Oh, what do you mean? Whatever do you mean? Did I tell him? The Almighty Goddess might smite me. What is that? Bruce Almighty, smite me! Almighty smiter! Listen to me. Listen, listen. You're, you're, I don't know how many preachers you're going to hear this from. Yell at God! Throw your fist in the air! and you lay into the one who loves you more than you've ever been loved before. And here's what he's going to say. <laughs> it's about time. That's what he's going to say. It's about, we'll use the word stinking, time. 
Do you know why? Because here's you. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. I'm ticked off, I'm ticked off at you. But I'm singing, I'm singing, I love you. <laughs> you're lying! You're sitting in church. Craig, I am not. You're lying! You are sitting in a pew lying to Jesus. Just let him have it. And he's going to go, thank you. I knew these things. This is David. He's writing Psalms right and left. Oh God, you are my God and I will ever praise you. From the miry depths you lift me. Oh, and he finally comes out of the cave and goes, this, well, he says this sucks. That's what he says in the King, in the King James. No, close enough. And God goes, there it is. Do you know what I want? I want, I want outcry from an honest heart. I want outcry from a pure heart. If a heart is angry, I want your anger. If you're blessed, I want your blessings. I want you always to remember that I will bless you in the sun and in the storm. Why? Because you've got to remember to pray continually, but you've also got to remember God's nature. He is not unjust. He is not unholy. He is not lacking forgiveness. He is not lacking hope. He is the abundance of all good things that you can fathom. Don't you think he's dying to open the door and if he doesn't the door that you're knocking on is the wrong one and he's waiting for you to knock on the right one so that he can fling it open and show you more than you could ever have asked for or imagined so I know that the journey is long I know that the trail has thorns I know that the darkness comes but guess what though the darkness may last for a night Joy comes in the morning, and to God your years are seconds. Pray continually. The effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. Remember God's nature, and remember His judgment. There is a key. There is a key to the understanding of all of this. You already know the answer. When Jesus brings the swift and final judgment, it is pure, unadulterated holiness for all who know him. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I saw a new city and there was no more night, no more pain, no more tears. There is a judgment coming and if you know Jesus, not if you're good, not if you're Baptist, not if you're Methodist, not if you're holy, not if you came to vacation Bible school, not if you're a pastor, nothing but if you know Jesus, the judgment is perfect. Let me be clear. If you don't know Jesus, the judgment is perfect also. 
but it will be perfectly not in your favor. And so Jesus asks a question. I tell you, he will see that they get justice. The perfect and righteous judge will bring justice to the world. And then Jesus himself says, when, when, when the Son of Man does come, will he find faith? Let me rephrase the question. Will you still be praying? Will you still be working? Will you still be seeking? Will you still be finding? Or will you let the things of this world grab hold and pull you so far down that no one would know you had faith? I can only answer that for me. Pray continually. Remember how God feels about you. And remember, his judgment is perfect and final. Let's pray. God, there are those in this room who find themselves in a powerful place. Their hearts are, 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 are emblazoned and, and emboldened and their faith is made strong by their devotion and their time in the word. And at this stage of the game, they are truly seeking your face and, and, and they are truly standing firm with the armor of God around them and they are, they are specifically lifting up their families and affecting the people around them. And God, my prayer is that as Satan targets them and as he draws back his bow to fire the arrows of the evil one at them, that you would swiftly and firmly strike them down as a holy ninja might and keep them protected. God, there are those in this room who find themselves incredibly burdened as human beings under the weight of illness, the weight of patience, the weight of disappointment, the weight of anxiety, the weight of sin, the weight of temptation. And they have in their hearts a desire to serve you because they know you. But the things of this world are heavy. God, I pray for them power. I pray for them self-control. I pray for them wisdom. I pray for them an intense desire instigated by the Holy Spirit to drive them forward, disciplining them to study and seek your ever-present, ever-holy face. And God, there are those in this room. They go through the motions. They do the church thing, but they know you not. They know of you. They do not know you. And God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit draws them. I pray right now that you call their name specifically and that they would turn from their wicked ways, seek your face, and know for all eternity that your perfect and righteous judgment will bring them the kingdom of God. I pray these things 
In Jesus' name. And amen.